Hey, welcome back to Triple Babble Cop Podcast. You've got um your co-host here, uh, me, Trev, and you've got a uh, TP, the playmaker, and um we've got El Jefe here. Uh, um, he's not really here. I'm not sure where he could be. I mean, last night yeah. he, he was headed to Dallas. I don't know. We kind of got yeah. It. Last 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 episode ended, and he he just kind of left the screen and. You know, so when we pick back up, I just assumed he'd be here. It's weird that he's not here currently. Maybe he, uh, he did actually go to Dallas. Maybe he did. I go to guess Florida. the last thing he said up here was like he's about to go to Dallas to go watch uh, Cooper Rush and uh, then take on the Bengals. So I mean, he's, it looks I mean, like he's gone. It's it's weird. It's weird. I'm looking at the empty chair on my screen. That's. I, I mean, I guess we gotta go without him. I mean, it's called triple battle, but you know, I guess it's it's gonna be double. I am here. Oh, and I am ready. Man, how was how was how was how was your flight, man? You just did you just get back from Dallas? So did you did you actually go to Dallas? That went to Dallas, man. We don't talk about those things. I can't. They told me not to say anything from the plane rush. Okay, so it looks like he actually went to Dallas. I went. Don't worry, Micah got me right. That's all you need to know. We went. I hey, don't. Look, we went I don't even Nola. know what that means. I don't know we, what that we means. Hit, we hit. We <laughs> hit Nola afterwards. Hey, look, Wendy gave me her number. Yes, sir. But I'm here to talk about football with y'all tonight. That's what we do. We on football tonight, fellas. Thursday night, right? This tonight. Tonight's Thursday. We got. We got the San Diego Chargers versus the St. Louis Rams t- tomorrow night. Tonight. Nah, no? nah, no. Nah, I think you. I think you got the wrong notes. You, you, you sure that's man. right? It's uh. Is everything okay? September it's on my, I wrote it on my napkin, bro. Bro, it's on my San Diego, San Diego Chargers, yeah. St. Louis Rams. So that's what, so so happy. Let me let me ask you this. What 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 year do you think this is right now? With what yeah, you, to, you said St. Louis Rams. What what year do you think? I just want to hear that from you. What year? Do he, you said, he said the San Diego Chargers. Chris, where did Chris Berman? San Diego Superchargers. Oh, where, where where are you? Where are you? I I don't even know. I thought we who's playing that? I thought. Let me check. Got a got a bunch of beat. What what type of activities took place while you were gone? It's like you win in time or like you bumped your head or something. One of the two. One of the two. Maybe both. Tra- if, if time traveling exists, let me know because I'm going to talk to some people. Are you sure it's not the Sandy? We're not watching the Chargers and Rams? Not this Thursday? No, nah, man. There's So the Rams are now the Los Angeles Rams. They're in L.A. now. And the uh, San Diego Chargers are the Los Angeles Chargers. They play in the same stadium. It's pretty crazy. Oh, okay. You know what? I'm the guys. I'm, I'm actually. I'm, I think it's. I believe I, it's so, Browns versus the Steelers. If I'm not mistaken. You know what? Yeah, let we me, we here to discuss Thursday night football, man. Oh, hold hold man. on one second. Let me let me go find my other notes. You might you might need a cultural reset. Yeah, we got the wrong Hefe, man. He the old Hefe went to Dallas, and this is a clone, man, from the past. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, man I think the real Hefe came back. I think he's just. I don't think so either. I don't think so. Well, Mike, hey, you see what? Hey, look, Micah gave me this beautiful, beautiful shirt while I was down there. If y'all didn't know history, hey, he said, he said, he said, he's putting one right here, real soon. It's coming. 
One one of these bad boys. That's what Micah said. He said that. That's what Micah said. Micah said that. Y'all saw history in the. Look, well, Micah, and Micah said it. Bad boys, baby, we won, yes, sir. All right, so it, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds like our Hefe is back. I don't know who that other guy was. We're here. It is Welcome. time. We gotta win. Hey, Hefe, 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 TP. Now that we're all together, let's 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 start a proper introduction, man. Let's get this get this show on the road. All right. So, welcome to the Triple Babble Podcast once again. Uh, I got my co-host with me, um, Hefe El Hefe, and um, the playmaker the TP, Hefe. the real El Hefe. Please stand up or sit down, whatever you want to do. Whatever, um, needs, whatever, whatever needs to be done. It is time. It's Thursday night football. We got Steelers at the Browns. And my Cowboys got a win. I told you we were going to do it. I got on the first flight to Dallas. Micah, I don't know if y'all saw me. Did y'all see me in the huddle? I was in the back of the huddle. Jerry Jones had me up on the top of the Raptors. We was looking down, and I was like, oh, my God. You see Micah? He got a sack. And then he got another one. And then it was just. Guys, it was just insane. Y'all should have been there. I wish I could have brought y'all something. Next time, I got you. First class. I told Micah about First class. Trav, 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 we're sending sending El Jefe. We're sending the Jefe to Dallas every week that they play at home because Lord knows knows the way that the Cowboys played with Jefe in the huddle. It sounds like we need him to inspire everyone at any given moment. Because he had the Cowboys playing inspired football against guys like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Man, did you see what my guy Diggs did? Lock that man up. Game-saving tackle against T. Higgins. I'm sorry, was that T. Higgins? Was it Higgins? Yeah, yeah he, he, locked, he locked him up. So, everyone, we're getting into a week two recap. We want to talk about a few different things that happened in week two, such as our Cowboys coming uh, to beat those Bengals, Bungles, you know, whatever you want to call them, uh, on last Sunday. So, you know, the Bungles came into Dallas, and we took care of Cooper Rush, took care of the uh, the Bengals, the Bungles, and he proved that we can still win even without our starting quarterback, Dak Prescott. So pretty exciting game. Hefe was there in Dallas. Apparently he was in the, he was in the suite with Jerry Jones, and they had a good time, and he didn't bring us anything back. But, you know, here we are. So – you know, I it's just the another day. Hey, hey, what is Jameis? Oh. Shout out the black guy. Are you are you eating a dub? Is that what you did? That's what we did. That, that's what the boys did. We ate him up. But you know what? You know what? We'll talk about this later. <sighs> you know what? You know what? Let's get on to some other things because these, these are people, they, crazy. These, hey, look, these whatever, haters, whatever, they don't want to hear us talk about Texas State and stays in Texas, man. Whatever. Yeah, it's, 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 it definitely it definitely stays there. It definitely stays there. But let's let's get into a little bit of the of the the week two uh, recap real quick. I'll get into it. So you know our guy Cooper Rush went uh you know in Dallas. You know he had two hundred thirty five yards passing, one touchdown, only one sack, and a final score of and it wasn't all him. It was our other players as well. Final score of seventeen twenty with the last minute walk off the field field goal. In prime time, everyone was watching. It's all everyone could talk about. The Cowboys back on top. We beat the previous Super Bowl loser for whatever that means, whatever that's worth. You know, we won. So that that was that was big. A lot of people doubted us. 
you know, the spread was pretty crazy. They were talking nuts. I think I mentioned on last week that we could cover that spread. We may not win the game. Wasn't hating on my team, just being realistic, just saying how, you know, the Bengals were, you know, supposed to be these 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 world beaters. They were so good. And, you know, we managed to hold our own, not only hold it, but we managed to win. And, you know, I'm happy. We're all happy. So uh, shout out to the Cowboys one time. Shout out to Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush gets a shout out um, for handling business, coaching staff, everything, you know, that the game went as well as it could have gone. So shout out, shout yeah, out to Cooper them. Cooper Rush 2-0 as a Dallas Cowboys starter. I think our defense, I mean, quite honestly, I underestimated how good our defense was going to play. Michael Parsons really has our team set and ready to Dialed. I mean, he didn't show up and undisputed again for a second week on Tuesday. I think I think he really understands what it takes to be a winner in the NFL, what it really takes. To not, hold up. But not only a winner, a leader. And that's what's really important because the Cowboys don't have this winning formula. There's no... There's no, there's no energy within our, our, um, what do you call it? Our, our um, organization. You know what I mean? We, we seem to be lacking that energy. But Micah Parsons came from Penn State and said, "Look, it's I know, time. Yeah, I know what you guys think you are. You know, you guys are so important. You know, the the glitz, the glamour, the star on the helmet. Everybody wants to be excited to be a Dallas Cowboy. But look." We're here to play fucking football, and that's what matters first. And these guys are ready because when Trayvon Diggs made that tackle, there's so many cornerbacks that I know would have missed that tackle, so many linebackers, so many DNs, so many tackles that would have missed that tackle. But Michael Parsons has his team ready to play and say, look, we are here to play football, and when the game is on the line, the defense is going to show up. Now, Cooper Rush played an excellent game. Noah Brown, your guy, practice squad guys linking up. We have to see more of that. And I know when that comes back, we're going to have a little bit of a talk if Cooper Risk or if Cooper Rush can continue to win. But I mean, hey, I'm I'm just here to bask in the glory. We're gonna, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I'm here to bask in the glory. The Cowboys proved me wrong. Beat the Bengals, beat the Bungles. We're here. Cowboys, hey, I'm not gonna say we're gonna go to the Super Bowl, but I mean, I'm just kidding. We're not we're not gonna have that talk. It's, it's 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 a it's a good it's a good start. No, but that was <laughs> look that wasn't that wasn't the only exciting game of this past weekend. You know, we also had that no, Miami Baltimore game. That was insane that was nuts, ending. Did we insane see what ending, an ending? What did we an see, ending? Did we see did we see Mike Gritty Jacecki hit a nice little gritty? Oh. It was nothing. It was nothing. It was it was so far from nice. It was very far. It from was nice. nothing but spectacular. That was a very, no, no. It was it was, it was terrible. It was gritty. very terrible. No, it was a dad. It was a dad gritty. It was a dad gritty. And that's why it was spectacular. Hey, look, man, you look. That's, that's, we got film of that. That's good for that's him, memorable. Like, caught the ball. It's spectacular catch. Lovely toe tap in the back of the end zone. What happens? He gets up, looks around, runs around. Hey, hey. <laughs> gritty. That's gritty on them all. Mine's dogs. So tight ends are like banned from from doing the gritty from now on. Like that just has to be rule. Only wide receivers. So what you so let me ask they you have this. All the let, me, let me ask you this. Dalton Schultz in the end zone jumps over somebody, catches the ball, and he gritties. You're not okay with that? I'm just questioning. Dalton Schultz got knee problems. I'm not okay with that. Okay. What about what about Kyle Pitts? If they can if they can even find him anywhere on the field, I don't think well, they can find him. On that's the field. if they can find him. It looks like he's gone missing. It looks like Drake London's the 
the, the talent in that offense. I, I, he's not, he's I saw a miss. sign in Atlanta. Hey, I saw a sign in Atlanta that said missing, and it had his picture on it. So missing in action, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. On the I saw the sign on the milk. I card. saw the sign. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I just, I just want to ask because we said tight ends are, uh, they're off limits for the gritty. But I mean, Travis Kelsey probably like. Good, though. Travis Kelsey has a lot of things he has to worry about before trying to hit a good. But yeah, let's 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 get into more of what happened, what transpired in that game. So you had Miami, who was not the favorite; they were the dog in this game, going against Baltimore, who was the favorite. Uh, and this is the new look Miami with Tua. You've got you know uh, Hill, you've got Waddle, and just improved pieces overall on that team. So. You know, Miami came in there and, uh, you know, they, they were getting blown out pretty bad. I think the score was 35-14 at one point. Looked pretty decisive who was going to win this matchup. And then in the fourth quarter, the Miami Dolphins came back out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and they scored all these points. Game went into, uh, not overtime, but pretty close to it. It came down to the wire. Game came down to the wire, and they put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands, and, uh, no, he couldn't deliver on the Hail Mary. Most people can't. I don't even blame that on Lamar. But what an exciting game from Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, this kid really just exploded. I mean, it wasn't just him. It was his receivers as well, Tyree Kill, who just dominated in that fourth quarter. Jalen Waddell, uh, really explosive game, 72% passing, um, five total touchdowns. Just the game of offense, just just everywhere. So really exciting, uh, and it, it's cool to see that. And let's not forget on the Baltimore side, Lamar Jackson, three touchdowns. He uh, had over 100 yards rushing. I think 119 yards. Uh, had a 75 yard run. He actually surpassed Michael Vick uh, for having 100 yard rushing games by a quarterback. So pretty amazing statistics uh, for fantasy football as well. Really, really awesome uh, football game. Just one of those games you just got to see. Really one of those games you have to see. Just, if nothing else, the fourth quarter. Just amazing. I mean, Miami Miami outscores Baltimore 28-3 to in the fourth quarter, and Baltimore gets them in the second quarter 21-7. I mean, realistically, it was a, it was a pretty well-balanced game, except for the second and fourth quarter. Miami just happened to get the better. And who doesn't love to see the little penguin waddle from Mr. Waddle himself. We, we need more of that. I We need more waddling mm-hmm. and we need more grittying from Mike Gisecki. That's personally my opinion. I mean, Baltimore. I love to see I'm not going to lie. I, I personally despise the Baltimore Ravens, but the Baltimore Ravens are playing good football right now. Lamar Jackson, again, he was on uninterrupted this season. He said he was ready to, he, before the season, he'd be ready to, he's ready to play football. He's playing, he's playing a good brand of football. Um, What's the kid's name? Rashad Bateman. That's what we're talking about. I mean, he, you know, he finds him. He seems like he's 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 getting acclimated with him. He's acclimated in the offseason. So, you know what I'm saying? Lamar Jackson, he seems ready to play football. He's almost in midseason form if he's not already. But Miami, they just had something to say in the fourth quarter. Tua, Tyree Kills teaching that guy how to win. You know, it, it's just it's just well-balanced football across the board in the AFC. And I'm I'm really excited to see how the AFC, how everything pans out in this upcoming season. Absolutely, absolutely. So that uh brings us to the next game, the Jets versus the Cleveland Browns. What a game. This is another one of those games where uh improbable comebacks happen. So the Cleveland Browns are leading the Jets uh most of the game, a little bit back and forth, but majority of the game they were leading them. Get down to the fourth quarter, running back Nick Chubb goes ahead and scores a go-ahead touchdown uh, with not too much time left on the clock. 
um, in a situation where if he had just went down, it would have definitely just, you know, ended the football game at that point. But he did not go down. He decided to score the touchdown. Uh, the very next drive, next series, uh, the Jets went ahead and scored on some broken coverage and a touchdown was scored. And before you know it, uh, they're setting up for an onside kick. And at that point in time, I think their chances of winning prior to all this craziness was less than 1%. Uh, when they kicked that onside kick, uh, that just kind of changed everything when they got possession of the football. So just one of those matchups where, you know, the improbable happened. They said it had been about 3,000 NFL games where a team leading by that margin in the fourth quarter, they um, – they had not won that game. They had been about 3,000 games. And the last team that this happened to happened to be the Cleveland Browns. So it's funny how these things come back around. Uh, 3,000 games later, completely different players, coaches, and and the same result, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter. So it just goes to show you in the NFL, uh, no lead is safe. Uh, the game isn't over to the clock at zero. So pretty, pretty spectacular game uh, right there. Uh, quarterback Joe Flacco, he is, I think, second or third right now in NFL and passing yards, just as we all expected uh, at this point in the season, uh, heading into week three. So, sounds like everything is on track. But pretty, pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff happening out there. Um, I mean, have something, CP. I mean, obviously the Jets—they're going to say that you know Joe Flacco is the is, is the hero, and they you know they. The, the discussion is that Joe Flacco owns the Cleveland Browns is dating back to his Baltimore Ravens history. And I mean, I mean, quite honestly, obviously the Baltimore Ravens are going to beat up on the Cleveland Browns. So the little brother, even though the Baltimore Ravens origin story kind of comes from the Cleveland Browns and their lack of ability to hold the franchise. But I mean, you got to look at guys like Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson. They really held their own down as the receivers that, you know, received these passes from Joe Flacco, 66 yards, touchdown, 66 yard touchdown pass. From Joe Flacco was about 132, and then you have Joe Flacco come back with Gary Wilson after onside kick. So, I mean, it's just the Jets, they were ready to play. The Cleveland Browns, they're, I mean, they're a solid football team. They have the very solid on offense, and obviously when Deshaun Watson comes back, their offense is going to look completely different. They're going to be well-balanced. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and then you have Deshaun, um, Deshaun Watson at the helm. They're going to be a completely different offense. But, I mean, right now they kind of have to win games, and you can't lose a game like that when you're up 30-17 to in the fourth. But you kind of can't give that game up. But the Jets, they were like, hey, we're here to play football. If you guys aren't ready, you just want to give the game up. And, again, Nick Chubb, if he does go down, the game probably ends. But, you know, minor, minor mental lapses like that, they happen still early in the season. We're not counting either one of these teams out. I mean, I'm probably going to count the Jets out. But the Browns, they're – for what it's worth, the Browns have a really solid offense, at least from the running back stance, and, you know, in the NFL, when late season comes around, running the ball really matters. And they have really two tough running backs with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So I'm not going to count the Browns out, especially with we with us understanding that Sean Watson is coming back. But yes, this is a crazy finish with the Jets coming at coming back to seal the deal in, in such fashion. So yeah, it was it was very insane. And and to go on to what you said, Joe Flacco has actually improved his record now to eighteen and three over the Cleveland Browns. So he he literally does pretty much own them for the most part. Yeah, they gotta they gotta call him daddy at this point. They gotta they, call him daddy. Pretty much. I mean, that's that's just crazy. I mean it's insane. Yeah. But let's talk about let's let's get into another game. How about the that that Cardinals and Raiders game that I told you the Cardinals and Kyler would wake up and win? 
hate yeah, comedy. last last week on on the show, you definitely mentioned that, Hefe. You definitely told us about the Cardinals coming in and taking the victory, even yeah. though, you know, through three, pretty much four quarters of that game, the Raiders pretty were much four. 22, <laughs> 22 to zero, you know, and, and that was that was my pick. And it looked pretty solid, to be honest. And then everything changed. Uh, you know, Kyler brought the team back. The defense held up. It, you know, they came back in the game. They tied it up, took it to overtime. And it was a wrap after that. Uh, it ended on a Hunter River throw. Uh, he caught the pass, fumbled the pass, and the Cardinals recovered. And uh, for them, it, it was game after that. So really, really, really interesting football game. Um, a lot of points scored. Um, the Raiders are looking terrible. Uh, <laughs> but it was an exciting game because everyone had wrote them off. I mean, it was 22 to 0 uh, for quite a while in that game. And you know, no one thought the Cardinals would even stand a chance, you know, let alone come back, take this to overtime and even win the football game. So it was pretty impressive that that even uh, occurred. Um, really, really impressive, actually. <laughs> so somebody needs to find out if Hunter Renfro is is offshore betting or if there's someone in the line that we don't know about. Because not only did he fumble once and, you know, the return for the touchdown obviously basically ended the game. But he fumbled twice. He fumbled twice. He fumbled once. Cardinals recovered the I'm sorry, the Raiders recovered the ball. Then he fumbles again. It's like, hey, what are you doing, buddy? You're supposed to be one of the one of the top-tier receivers in the NFL. I mean, there's there was big talk about Hunter Renfro coming into the season, and now he just throws the game away against the Cardinals. I mean, oh, I don't know see what's going on. I'm I, obviously I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I just want to know what's going on, buddy. I don't want to get too much into it, but they are in Vegas. And all I'm saying is the casinos by hey. the stadium and hey. the money line was looking right. Like I tried to tell y'all, hey, I'm hey, just man. saying. If, if the deals, if the contracts don't look right, I mean, look. Do we, the, hey, money was, hey, the money hey, was probably very that. right. Hey, have we found the James Harden of the NFL now? Well, hey, we're, we're, hey, look, keep an keep an eye, keep an eye on Hunter Renfro. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye, keep an eye. Have, yeah. have we just discovered the James Harden of the NFL? Well, we gotta we gotta keep an eye on this guy. What's the young boy out of Atlanta that's suspended for the year? Uh, Ridley, Ridley, oh, Calvin Ridley, yeah, oh, Calvin, <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Hey, look, they already they they've already made. An they've already game. got him. They've already. Yo, made I know, him. I know, I know, I know, I know. Calvin Ridley's looking at Drake London. Like, damn it! Like, I was supposed to come back and still be the number one, and <laughs> they've got yeah, another they receiver. Getting going active, pretty crazy. Getting active unfortunately, getting, getting unfortunately, active. unfortunately, Cal Pitts is not getting any love. So he's getting nothing. He's getting nothing. But let's get into the last game that uh, I want to recap real quick from week two. That was uh, Tampa Bay versus uh, the New Orleans Saints. So. Uh, Hefe's out here doing this uh, little fighting motion. Uh, there's a little bit of fighting in this game, and it wasn't just a little, you know, uh, yes, you know just scuff up with the uh, wide receiver and the cornerback. They got they got into it. So you know, you've got Tom Brady, you've got Jameis, and for the, most of the game, there weren't a lot of points scored. Um, pretty defensive ball game, and then out of nowhere, you had points uh, later on in that ball game. So uh, towards the end of it, uh, Tom Brady looked like he had some words for uh, Marshawn Lattimore. And, um, you know, his receiver didn't like that. He didn't take too kindly to that. Uh, he kind of popped up and mouthed something to the effect of, uh, man, that's Tom Brady talking to. And, you know, uh, after that, all bets were off. Uh, they just got into it. Uh, there's a point where Mike Evans, uh, he ran onto the field and he just, uh, it's kind of like a blindside hit, just kind of shoved him 
um and uh that that just that just brought out everything so <laughs> uh these guys have had beef for uh i don't even know why but for a few years now they play in the same division so they see each other twice a year just one of those things man and um you know the result of that uh that scuffle was uh mike evans got suspended um he was uh appealing his decision i believe but he ended up uh that decision ended up standing so mike evans is suspended <laughs> for the next week for one game. Uh their next game just happens to be against the Green Bay Packers. So that's 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 pretty uh big game. I mean it's Tom Brady's Aaron Rodgers uh playing to against each other for maybe one of the last times uh that we'll see in the NFL. You know, Tom Brady's getting up there. We don't know if he'll play beyond the season. So it's definitely one of those games and for him to be without his top receiver, that's that that definitely makes the game a little less interesting for sure. A key yeah. to Michael Crabtree. We're getting, we're getting, we're getting true rivalries back in the NFL. We need that passion because you I mean you can't hit anybody. So I mean, why not? Why not take a game suspension? Like, let that guy go in the same division. Let that guy know I'm here. I'm going to defend my quarterback. Doesn't matter what you say or what you do. We need that. Hey, hey look, okay. fellas. Week thirteen, Monday Night Football. All eyes will be glued to the television set when these two teams meet up again because that game will be insane. I'm talking about the field will be lit up with nothing but points. Watch. We need we need another brawl. We need look, we need passion in the NFL. Because I mean the defense, you can't really do much. You can't I mean look, take a shot. Marshawn Lattimore, he was doing his thing. You know what I mean? Mike Evans probably a little frustrated, whatever. But, hey, I'm going to defend my quarterback no matter what. We need more players willing to sacrifice themselves to defend the quarterback. And we need more physicality. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with defending the quarterback. I don't see anything wrong with building building some fire, building some passion up. Because the defense is going to get active on both sides of the ball. People are going to want to hit. And the refs, you can't flag everybody because then you're not going to have a game. That's true. And at the end of the day, that was Tom Brady. You know, that that's Tom Brady. So <laughs> that's Tom Brady. Hefe, you want to lead us into uh our main segment, Thursday night football. Yes, uh, so while we're all why we are all here is because of Thursday night football. Tonight we got the Steelers at the Browns. Steelers uh quarterback Mitch Trubisky is one and one on Thursday night football and one and one against the spread. While the Bears quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, is 3-2 and two on Thursday night football and 4-1 and one against the spread. But here's something else. Since Mike Tomlin has taken over this Steelers organization, I mean, he has literally taken his pants off and shitted on this team. He has a record of 24-5-1. and one. In the last, uh, let's see, in the last couple seasons, with the uh, Browns' new head coach, he's now he's one in three against the Steelers. But here's one key thing that's very interesting: the Browns eliminated the Steelers from the playoffs in 2020, a wild card round, 48 to 37, and that game was in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, how do we feel about this? We got Tomlin still there. We got a, a three-year head coach on the Browns. I think it. I think it. I think if you have Deshaun Watson in this game, there's a different outcome. But I do believe that the Steelers are just better coached. I think they're going to come out even without T.J. Watt. I think the Steelers are going to come out and really 
just play bully ball. Um, it's if I'm not mistaken, Najee Harris will still be playing Thursday night, correct? Correct. Yeah, I think there's. I think it's just going to be a slow grind. It's going to be a slow grind game. I mean, a lot of physicality, and a lot of passion. I mean, Miles Garrett obviously is a very important factor on that Cleveland Browns defense. So he's going to get the quarterback. Obviously, you know, it's a rivalry game. You know, we have two games in the season. He's going to get the quarterback, but I, and he's going to impose his will. But I, I just, I just think Mike Tomlin is the better coach. I think he's going to out coach. The Cleveland Browns. I think that's just what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to a, a coaching battle. Um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, very, very talented guys. Amari Cooper, very, very good wide receiver. But I mean, who's throwing the ball? Jacoby Brissett. I mean, you know, decent quarterback. Yeah, you know, game manager. But is he built for these moments? Is he built for these passionate moments? Is Amari Cooper going to be built for this passionate moment? He's been playing in Dallas for years. For what it's worth, Dallas Cowboys kind of bullies in the NFC East over the past couple of years, despite, I mean, aside from the Eagles and the Commanders. But, I mean, like, Cowboys, we kind of play bully ball when we need to against these guys. Um, Where are we, where are we playing tomorrow? Where are we playing? In so, Cleveland. tomorrow, this game is in Cleveland. So, it might be, and... it might be a little chilly. So, Amari, and Amari doesn't like, historically, it's... Amari does not like the cold. So, it if it's a little not, chilly, not. if it gets a little chilly, might get a little physical. Fitzpatrick is going to make himself known. I mean, I don't know. I, I I hate the Steelers, but I think the Steelers just imposed their will. Mike Tomlin's like, hey, I'm the better coach here. We're just we're just going to get the job done, no matter what, no matter what you think is going to happen. I think they're just going to get the job done. I think the Steelers get the job done. And so I've been I've been I've been looking at this game. Thanks, TP. Uh, I've been looking at this game for probably since Sunday, ever since the uh, the books, the sports books kind of put this game up. So um, I'll first I'll give my just analysis on it. Then we can get into some of the, uh, you know, the sports and the fantasy aspects of this game. So looking ahead to this game, the look ahead was Cleveland's going to be at home. Uh, they probably will have two games won. This was prior to them playing the Jets. And, you know, they'll be looking to beat a Steelers team that's, you know, kind of coming off of, you know, a loss after they won week one in a pretty emotional uh, fashion. I think Cleveland just has that better defense. I think they'll be a lot stronger. And, you know, they'll, they'll be able to, you know, beat, uh, you know, the Steelers with, uh, you know, their new quarterback. So that that's what I was thinking originally. And um, since this game first appeared on the sports books, I've noticed that the line has moved quite a bit. So it had moved up to, I think, four and a half or something like that in favor of the Browns, of course. And it actually went down to about, um, I'm sorry, I said four and a half, but it had gone up to, I think, five at some books or five and a half or something like that. Right now it sits at four and a half, which is it's fine. But I do think this is too many points. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers just play football a certain way. This is not the Patriots. This is a team that um, – is is looking to win after they lost in you know dramatic fashion uh, to the Jets, the lowly Jets uh, who are not even with their uh, their main starting quarterback. They lost to Joe Flacco. I do think the Browns are mad. I don't I don't think they lose this particular football game, but I do think the Steelers could cover just because of some of the line movement that has uh, has come into this recently. So I mean, for myself, if I was betting on this, I think I would take the Steelers plus the points. 
And I'd be looking for an under in this game. I don't expect this to be a particular high-scoring game. I think I saw the line set at about 40 points or so, maybe opening. It's down to 38 and a half right now. 38 and a half is a little um, too rich for my blood. I probably wouldn't touch that. Maybe if it was like 41 or so, I'd probably take it. But let's say the game starts off with a touchdown. Uh, I would look to kind of live bet that for the under. I don't think that the offenses on these teams are particularly great. Um, and these teams are pretty good, decent defenses. So I'd look at it like that. I really wouldn't um, be wanting to bet the over. And i got to lay points with the Steelers. Got to lay points with them. What you, what you, what you got, Hefe? What else? The, or TP, I, what else do you got? I 100% agree with both of you guys. Um, I'm My second favorite team is the Steelers. It's always been. Shout out to my godmother. Rest in peace. Um, every year, I hope they do good, low key. Even though I'm a Dallas fan, I know a lot of Dallas fans hate the Steelers. Um, I'm also a big Mike Tomlin fan. I mean, he's a black guy. Shout out, you know, my black brethren. You know, we are here, and and how can you not like a black man who takes a team every year, and he's always above 500? Because I hate the Steelers. Consistency. Him how and Belichick have the longest hate, tenure in the league right now for head coaches. How can you hate Amazing. a successful black man? I'm disappointed. Black man the Steelers. That's just what it is. That's fine, but how can you hate on the success this black man has brought to that listen, organization? You're not listening. I hate the Steelers. <laughs> All I'm saying is Steelers money line, baby. And I do like yeah. that under trap. I'm with you on that. Normally, I'm an over guy. I love overs. But I'm with you on that under. I think this one's going to go under. I think the Steelers will dominate this matchup. It's probably going to be maybe like 13 to 3, something like that, maybe in that bar ballpark. Uh, I, I, I don't think I don't think either team's going to see 20. I don't think either team's going to see 20. I think it's quite, quite, quite possibly. I like I like 24-17. I, can, I, I that, see like a 20-17, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. Approaching this total that they have set, which is 30 and a half, but not necessarily going over it. So I do think the odds makers are are pretty close with this score. But, yeah, I, I just don't see it being a high-scoring uh, football game. And even with the Jets' the defense they have, I think Cleveland only put up 30 points. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, let's, let's, let's discuss uh, from a fantasy standpoint. I mean – there are not too many fantasy stars in these uh, this particular matchup for Thursday Night Football. You've got Najee Harris at the running back position. And, of course, he's going to be a start. And who else do we have? I mean, we've got a couple good running backs in Cleveland, but which one do we want to go with? I mean, you've got Nick Chubb and you've got Kareem Hunt. So, so I, have, I have both, and they, they yeah. tend to both always perform. I tend to start both. If you, if you, have, if you have the opportunity to start both, you know, you kind of put one of your flex and then, you know, one of them is going to be your RB2, at least from what I've seen. And I I, I personally find success with it. I, I find success with starting both of them. This week. I'm leaning towards Chubb. This week, maybe not so much just because, you know, you're dealing with, with Tomlin. And, yes, I, I agree with you, Hefe. I think you would start Chubb this week. Yeah, you have to start Nick Chubb here. You could start Kareem Hunt but really only in a desperation flex running back three spot, running back two if you absolutely had to, just because we know he's going to get the touches. But with Kareem Hunt, what you're really hoping for is that he catches passes out of the backfield, maybe catches a receiving touchdown or so. You don't expect his usage to be any 
uh, higher than Nick Chubb. Now, Nick Chubb could be in the doghouse uh, this particular week. If you look at when they played the Jets last week, uh, Nick Chubb, he you know scored that touchdown when he could have gone down and effectively ended the football game. I get it. He didn't think that uh, the Jets were going to come back and win. Nobody did. Nobody was thinking that. I mean, a lot of things had to happen. But if he had just, you know, gone down, maybe the coaches told him to. Maybe he saw an opportunity to score, and he's like, well, why not? There's no way this team is going to come back. He could be in the doghouse, so it could be an opportunity for Kareem Hunt. If anything, I would look to start him as a as a flex play. Uh, looking at the tight ends, uh, who are the tight ends that we have here? So we've got on the Steelers side, we have Pat Fryer move. I think he's in his second or third year in the league right now. Ascending tight end, pretty good. And then on the Brown side, who do we have? Because I think they have a few tight ends, don't they? Just kidding. I'm sorry. No. Hefe. Hefe. Who, who, who do the Browns have that is yeah. fantasy viable at the position? You said fantasy valuable? Yeah, at the position. I mean, they have David I don't- Njoku, but I don't know about fantasy value there. Um to be completely honest, I really just like Nick Chubb off the Browns, and I I, I lean towards Brissett a little bit only because I think he's going to have to pass the ball a lot. So with that being said, he may be able to get a good amount of yards to get you a good amount of points. You're right. Um, about the Njoku part, he is still on that roster. He's still a tight end. I'm pulling up some stats from last week when they played the Jets. Uh, Njoku went three for 32, and Harrison Bryant, their other tight end, three for 45. So the Browns like to run a lot of two tight end sets. You know, they love to run the football. And they've got two tight ends that can block as well as pass catch. So that's really good to have, of course. I think the wide receivers are something that you really should not be looking for in this particular match. I mean, there's no sleeper pick here. There's really just you start the tight end from uh, – from, I'm sorry. No, you don't start any tight end. I'm sorry. You don't start any tight end. There's not a tight end either – no, Pat Fryer, you start Pat, you start Pat Fryer, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, you start him. You don't start uh, anyone from the other side. But um, beyond that, look at our wide receivers, man. Amari Cooper, he looked like old Amari Cooper um, after did. the week one, after the week one, uh, you know, no show. He looked like old Amari Cooper. So if you got Amari Cooper, man, I think he'd be a good wide receiver too to start. I mean, he showed up against the Jets. This is a tougher defense, but. He's someone not playing the wide receiver uh, or flex spot for sure. Top receiver on that was, team. I believe he was a top. He was a top twenty-five fantasy player this past week. I think so. Yeah, he's in the top twenty-five. I think with Amari, it's it's like if you have him on your squad, you almost have to start him in one of those wide receiver slots unless he's playing in a cold area. Was Amari? I mean, Amari's almost guaranteed, pretty much. But in the same breath, again, it's Jacoby Brissett throwing in the ball, not Deshaun Watson. When Deshaun Watson comes <laughs> back, Amari Cooper is almost guaranteed start every week. I agree with that. The way uh, Watson plays, you, you would absolutely have to start him. But yeah, until he gets back, I'd still say start him as a flex or even your wide receiver too. But going over to New York side, I mean, we've got the guy, the rookie, Garrett Wilson, eight for 102 and two touchdowns. I mean, you probably wouldn't be able to tell that he's a rookie. Uh, Joe Flacco seems to have locked on to him. He's targeting him a lot. He's getting him the ball pretty easily. I like the kid. He's a big fantasy pickup. If you, if you don't have him, uh, check your waiver wires. I think he's available probably. Uh, a lot of people probably didn't know him prior to this. I probably think Elijah Moore would be the guy. 
And I think I mentioned him in a video last week on the podcast just about how he could be definitely a guy that Joe Flacco um, definitely locks on to. But, yeah, Garrett Wilson, he got the most targets on this team. Um, Corey Davis is still there. Um, you know, Elijah Moore. Um, yeah, those were um, – I know this is all like last week, but I'm just, you know, just going through – uh, just some yeah, of the matchups giving, um, from the if, defensive if, standpoint. If we're giving the world fantasy sleepers, I have one fantasy sleeper that no one's talking about and probably on nobody's team. Actually, I'm looking at it now. It says it's in 0% of the leagues. Is it, no, I'm sorry. It says 0% starts. It doesn't show me the league percentage. But you can easily pick him up, throw him right in the IR spot. His name is Jamison Williams. He was, he was a first-round draft pick for Detroit. He's going to be the number one option when he comes back off the IR this season. Watch for him. Put him on IR. You 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 won't be sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but for the Thursday night football, let's let's look at all uh, the Steelers side of the ball. Like, who do they have? Who are the top pass catchers? You got Deontay Johnson, uh, Najee Harris, of course. You've um, who else do they have? They've got that rookie kid. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. I'm trying to think of who that rookie is. I would say that he's definitely not a game changer yet. Pickens, I believe. Oh, the quarterback? The quarterback, yeah. Not the quarterback, the uh, receiver. I'm sorry. That's my bad. That's my bad. Very fine. I know who you're talking about because my boy is a diehard Steelers fan. He always talks about this kid. His name is George Pickens. Yeah. Is it Pickens? I, I, I mixed up his position. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he definitely looks like he's the guy. Um, I understand he's a rookie, but yeah, last week, I mean, he only went uh, one for 23, but this could be an opportunity where he's coming out party and it's a primetime game. I still think Deontay Johnson is the guy. He's definitely the guy that um, Mr. Trubisky is targeting the most. Six target, not six targets, six receptions, 57 yards. I mean, New England was tough to play against, so I understand why you know the yard is total so low. I mean, he only had 168 yards passing. So, yeah, for him to get the ball that many times, that many targets, I mean, I think uh, Deontay Johnson is definitely someone you want to put in your flex spot. Maybe your wide receiver too, but definitely for your flex. Um, What's going on with He's Clay definitely Poole? fantasy viable. What is going on with Chase Claypool? Great question. Uh, last week he went up four for 26. Not overly impressive, but just um, just enough. <laughs> four receptions is nice. Four Do we think he's missing his dancing partner? Uh, his brother, Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe. That might be. Hmm. Well, he's going to have to follow him to Kansas because I'm sure Juju ain't leaving. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not leaving Kansas in no way. No, not, not a chance. Not a chance. You won't, you won't, you won't catch that on my radar. Yeah, why, why would I go back to Pittsburgh? They don't have a real quarterback yet. That's the problem. Will they? But they have a – nah, he's not He's not the one. But they have a quarterback enough to get the job done this week. Money line, Steelers. I'm telling you, lock that in. Take the points, take the money line, take it all. It's all money. It's all money. If I bet on this and I don't hit, it's on your head. You can come see me. You can come see me, and then and then when you do win, I want you to still come see me and pay me that ten percent. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> oh man. Well, so this Thursday we got the the Steelers. We got the Browns. Thursday night football. Looks like we're all back in the Steelers here. Somehow, some way, they even got TP to back them, which is crazy because I didn't think I'd see the day. But it happened. So, with all that being said, let's get into some news around the NFL, guys. We got a couple teams here. 2-0 and starts. Chiefs, Eagles, Dolphins, Bucks, Bills, Giants. Odds makers say, hold on, odds makers say there's only a 63% chance of these teams making the playoffs. How do we feel about that with this list? The only surprise I see there are the New York football giants. It's very surprising that they are 2-0 right now. You never really know what to expect from them, but Saquon Barkley kind of looks like Saquon Barkley of old, playing really good football. Daniel Jones is doing whatever he needs to do. Um, their defense looks decent, but, I mean, who have they played the first two games? Who have the Giants they played won? the Tennessee Titans, and, and the last week they played the Panthers, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, so they haven't really Teams played. that are both teams that have not won games yet. <laughs> so, no, no real test for the Giants. The Giants actually played the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. So, I think so the Giants we don't think are serious just yet. No, I don't. I don't really see that they're serious. I don't think they're serious. No, I don't find them serious. What about what about the Dolphins? The Dolphins. I mean, who the guy? Tyreek Hill is a to it. To it. To it. Looks like the guy. He looks like he's more than the guy. I think. I think it's. I think it's Tyreek Hill. I think it's Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is the guy. Yeah. Two is just feeding off energy. So Hill's the guy, and, and Tua's just the guy that's there helping the guy. Feeding feeding off that energy. I think Tyreek has, has brought – So again, it's, it's, it's new energy that's being brought to a franchise. And they're like, okay, let's, let's, let's see what's going on here. Let's tap into what this guy knows. So are they serious? I think Miami's very serious. They went out of their way to trade for Tyreek Hill and then pay Tyreek Hill. So I do think that they're very, very serious. They have surrounded um, Tua with all the playmakers that he could possibly need. I mean, when Tua played at Alabama, his thing was speed. I mean, he had some of the – he had track stars at wide receiver. Jalen Waddell, one of his teammates, is, is back with him. He's healthy. And then he's got a true number one also on that team. One of the fastest man alive, uh, fastest man in the NFL for sure. So the Dolphins are very, very serious. They uh, are probably really looking ahead to this uh, matchup against the Buffalo Bills. So I expect that to be a very exciting uh, football game for sure. Uh, very yeah, serious very team exciting. against another very serious team. So, so that, I was going to say that that brings me to the next team. Are the Bills serious? The Bill, the Bills, the Bills. Or is Josh prime? Allen just that guy? <laughs> Now the the bills are the bills are primed for a potential Super Bowl visit. The, the bills are very primed. They're very serious. In, they look in midseason form. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you, Trey. The Dolphins are serious. I don't know how serious they are, but they look serious. To a, you know, for what it's worth, probably learning and adapting to what it takes to be a quarterback in the NFL now with Tyreek Hill aside him, I mean alongside him as well as Jalen Waddle. But the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills are here to play and they are here to stay. Um, Offensively, Stefan Diggs, beast, true beast. 
I don't know how many celebrations he's going to pull out of his hat this season. It's insane. I know, Gen- I know Genuine feels a little bit offended. He's a very, he's a very <laughs> sensitive guy. But I mean, hey, it, it was a good impression. Fuck it. I'll Look, take all it. the R&B legends need to watch out. Uh, yeah, I'll well, take we, we got Diggs touchdowns. We, we had two of the hill that, that we think is serious. We got Josh Allen and the Bills that are serious. But how about we talk about where Hill left? The Chiefs. Is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs still serious? Patrick Mahomes is the guy. Is he still is he no, 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 still the is quarterback the team for the Chiefs? Still serious? They're serious. Yeah. They're serious. They're, they're, look, they're, they, they're, look, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs said, look, I got Patrick Mahomes. It don't matter who he's throwing to, you know? Exactly. And and they let Tyree go. That's what happened. He's 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 the new. They sheriff. let him go, and they're still two and zero. Oh. He's, exactly. he's the new sheriff in town. You can't, you can't, you can't argue against Pat Patty Mahomes. This is difficult. It's difficult. Very difficult. Very so, good football player. So now good that begs me to a question. We talk about a very good football player. We talk about greats. We talk about goats. But what's going on with Brady and the Bucks? I know they're two and zero, oh, but is Brady serious? Are the Bucks serious? Is that defense serious? Yeah, I think Brady is serious. They're two and zero, and they came off two interesting wins. They weren't very Tom Brady esque games, but a win is a win. It still counts. Uh, you're looking at you know the Saints game where Tom Brady and them didn't score until really late into the game, and I know a lot of that uh, kind of centered around Jameis just being Jameis. You know, uh, you look at one year he had through thirty interceptions. You knew he's going to cough up the ball at some point. And I believe that really gave them the opportunity. But, yeah, Brady, I think he has a couple touchdowns. Um, no, well, he has one interception through against Dallas. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those games where, um, you know, Brady Brady's looking serious, man. I mean, his numbers don't look Brady-esque, but he's still serious, very serious. I mean, he's, he's going through all these issues, personal, you know, because he likes football that much. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's very difficult to count out Tom Brady, you know. He was very much so. He was a couple of plays away from, if not a play away from the Super Bowl last year, and won the Super Bowl's first year in Tampa Bay. It, it's very difficult to say that Tom Brady is not serious. I mean, they may have a slow start right now, but once once Tom Brady gets everything figured out, we already know what's going to happen with the Buccaneers. Once Mike Evans comes back after this game suspension, if they don't already win this game, the Buccaneers are probably going to end up 4-0. The Buccaneers look good, man. The Buccaneers are a good football team. You know, minor inconveniences. That's really all it is. They're sacred to go. No, really. So, so before I get into the one team in the entire NFL, I just hate the least. I just have one other question about the Bucks and Tom Brady. Looking at Tom Brady right now, he looks like he's in preseason form, but they're two and zero. Oh. Should the rest of the league be on notice? Like when he gets in form, what's gonna happen? Tom, yeah, I mean, it, again, Tom Brady's dealing with a lot of things, so the NFL has to be prepared when Tom Brady finally steps, finally steps that away from him. That could be scary. They're two and zero without him. He's in preseason form. We already, we yeah. already understand what Brady is capable of. So I, don't, I think the NFL at this point, how many years has Tom Brady been in the league? Too many plus. Yeah, twenty plus. I think. I thought it was thirty. I think the NFL has already adapted to what Tom Brady is going to do. It's just, it's just whether you have a team that can combat what Tom Brady is going to do. Because Tom Brady is going to bring what we already know to the table. You know what I mean? He's going to, he's going to bring a clutch fourth quarter performance. You know what I mean? He's going to, he's going to put you 
It's going to put you in a situation where you think you can't win the game. So it's ultimately up to you to take the game from Tom Brady. That's what you, that's what you have to do. You have to take the game from Tom Brady. And there's only X amount of teams in the NFC that are willing to do that. So it's all up to them. It's, it's, up, it's up to whether you're willing to take a game from the NFL Crypt Keeper in Tom Brady. Are you willing to take a game from Tom Brady? We'll see what what unfolds with him this year. Last but not least, this is the team that I hate the most. And me personally, at this point in, in, in our Dallas fandom, I feel like it's our personal rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles. They're 2-0 with Hurts at the helms. They traded for A.J. Brown this season. Are they serious? They're very serious, unfortunately. Jalen Hurts is – just maturing in front of our eyes as a true pass catcher. One thing I noticed when I watched him on Monday night was how quickly he was getting the ball out. He didn't hold on to the ball. We all know how good he is with his legs, how quick he can make decisions doing that, but he would almost sit there and wait for plays to develop. And that may have worked in college, but he has really just, you know, uh, got what he needed in the off season, the coaching, the preparation. I mean, he was just hitting guys. I mean, he threw for, um, 333 yards on Monday night, very impressive. I mean, he looked as good uh, in the air throwing the football as he did uh, running the football. And I think the sky is the limit for him. I think that was really his only limitation. He didn't make good reads. He didn't get rid of the football quick enough. He held on, and he wasn't really a prolific passer. Well, now you've got him a true wide receiver one, and you still got Devontae Smith there, who is um, always was projected to be their one. And, you know, now he's getting to sit there and look at A.J. Brown and, you know, see how he does it. Yes, they're different styles of receivers, but just having that alpha dog receiver. And then you've got, you know, the younger guy coming up. Um, and then you've got the tight end Dallas Goddard. I mean, the Eagles look good. It's not just about their skill position players. If you look at the Eagles in the trenches, I mean, they were just oversized compared to like the Minnesota defensive linemen. Uh, they destroyed them in the trenches. I mean, if you look at even on the defensive side, um, Darius Slay, he came up with a couple interceptions. Uh, from Kirk Cousins, but we all knew that was going to happen. Just overall, just outstanding. This team is very well balanced. I do think that they can go deep. I think, you know, they're probably the best team in the NFC East. That's that's just my opinion. And watching them in prime time, just, you know, really showing who they are was was really impressive. And I get it's Minnesota. It's Kirk Cousins on the road in prime time. So you already know how that was going to go. But it's just one of those things where, you know, the Eagles are – they look good. They look really good. It, it, it worries me. <laughs> it definitely worries me. Even with our defense, it still worries me. You, you know what worries me even more? It, it worries me to hear what you're going to say when we play them. I'm, I'm, I'm worried now. I'm a little worried. Well, uh, well, well, we'll see what happens. That's a few weeks from now. So. That's, that's a couple weeks from now, yes. Philadelphia, I mean, they, they, they're playing a good brand of football. You can't, you can't deny that fact. And I mean, Trev, I think you're you're on uh, record to say that Jalen Hurts is going to be um, a potential fantasy quarterback of the year, one of the oh, top yeah. guys that performs really well. AJ Brown doing really well. Devontae Smith, you know, what I mean, he Jalen Hurts isn't short of any 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 real talent. And I mean, he looks good. He's really he's he's well balanced. I mean, I don't want to say that we have another Donovan McNabb on our hands, but it looks kind of scary. Defense looks good. Darius Slay, really good football player. 
played well against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So, to his credit, he's the third highest ranking quarterback right now in in fantasy. And that's, I mean, Philadelphia for what it's worth, they look good, man. They play, they're playing really good football. It's a really good brand of football, and it's really unfortunate. I mean, again, we'll 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 find out when they play against Dallas. What October sixteenth? We'll find out yeah. what really happens because you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to play real defense. You're gonna have to play a real defense in Dallas. So yeah, we'll really find out true. what they're gonna bring to the table. But I mean, I don't I don't like the fact that Philly has AJ Brown. AJ Brown is a really good receiver. I mean, Trayvon Diggs plays really well. Locked up, locked up them guys in Cincinnati. T Higgins. AJ Brown. AJ Brown is a big is a big man. That is a big dude. For, big guy. Know. Big guy. But we have big we have guy. physical we have physical guys in the secondary. We have physical players well, in the secondary. Hopefully, J. Ron can get himself together. He's not going to be a danger. Donovan, Donovan Wilson, hard hitter. Anthony Brown's holding his own. And again, Michael Parsons is any and everywhere at any given moment. Obviously, I'm not going to say he's going to be in the secondary because I was going to put situations where A.J. Brown is nowhere near him. But <laughs> you just got to look at our defense. We're very physical. We, we play a very physical we brand. We play great football. defense. And if, if Jalen Hurts can find a way to avoid the, the QB spy – I mean, we might be in trouble, but I think we fare. We have a we have a pretty good chance if our offense can show up decently. I think we have a good chance of, of giving this this Philadelphia Eagles team a, a run for their money. But right now, yes, yeah. I think I think Philly's very serious. I think Philly's serious. Yeah, and all that and all that is a conversation for a couple weeks from now. Next week, we'll see who makes my list of three and zero, and will they make it to four? Um, but let's move on to the 0-2 teams of the, around the NFL. We have the Titans. We have the Panthers. We have the Bengals. We got the Falcons. And we got the Raiders. Now, these teams over history, it says these teams only get 11% chance of making the playoffs. 11% chance. So, with that being said, the Raiders, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, What's going on with these guys? So, I I don't have an answer for you. I mean, if you look at last week's game, the Raiders were dominant throughout pretty much four quarters of it, and then they started to collapse. At the end of the game, uh, once it was in the overtime, it wasn't even something that was on the quarterback. It just ended up being a simple uh, fumble and recovery and return for a touchdown that, you know, ended the game. But, yeah, there's, there's really no explanation. I mean, the first game of the season, I did think that the Raiders would lose that. Unfortunately, in a game where I expected them to win pretty handily, which they were, you know, they just couldn't seal the deal with that, and uh, they lost. But I do think this is a bounce-back spot for the Raiders. I do think that they will beat the Titans. I think the Titans are um, – I don't want to say they're tanking, but they already drafted a quarterback. They already know what the future is. And it's one of those situations where the Raiders spent a lot of money this offseason getting certain pieces. They pay for skill position players. They want to compete, especially in that division where everything is very tough with the Broncos, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. So I do think the Raiders uh, are more focused on winning rather than losing, um, especially going up against the lowly Titans uh, next week. They need a win. Uh, the Titans need a win. I don't think it will come against the 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 Las Vegas Raiders though, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you pretty much covered the the position and the um the temperature of the Raiders. 
the current climate of the Raiders. Um, they're a very skilled football. They're a very skilled football team on paper. Um, kind of catastrophic collapse against the Cardinals for whatever reason. Maybe the Vegas betters have something to do with that. I'm, because this isn't the first or last time that we will see, <coughs> you know, change in the games. Conspiracy theories here, but I mean Tim Don he exists, so these kind of things happen. Um, I do think the Raiders do beat the Titans. I think they get back to where they need to get to. I think I don't think the Raiders are far off from where they want to be. I mean, it's just again, it's just zero and two. Um, do I think that they have? Do they need to panic? No, but I think that the temperature is rising in the room. I think guys know, like, hey, we need to get stuff done. There's no reason for Devontae Adams to, you know, speak to certain players like, hey, we need to tighten it up. You know what I mean? Like, you can't move we'll a score twenty-two zero, whatever, and you lose the game. You know, I think I think I think conversations are happening after that loss. But I don't. I don't think they're panicking. Unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's definitely unacceptable to give up a game like that. But I don't. I don't. I don't think they're panicking yet. I think that you know they're they're going to get together now. If they lose to Tennessee this week, absolutely. Panic. So we're not hitting the panic button just yet. Our hand is on it. Our hand is on the panic button. Hovering over the button. Yeah, we're no, no, no. It's it's not hovering. It's on the button. It's on the button. It's, it's on the button, pressing. but we haven't pressed it. Because there's only there's only so much that we can continue to accept from Derek Carr either. So so let me so let me ask you this because we kind of briefed over this too a little bit in this in this talk. So the Titans, we feel they're going to go zero and three this coming week. So are we hitting the panic button, or do we just feel they're just tanking? Is it just over for them? I and, and, think- and actually, hold on, wait one one other question okay. before you answer this. Another uh, one other question I want you guys to answer too is. How does Derek? How do you guys think Derek Henry feels? Derek Henry's going to get his no matter what. Yeah, I think Derek Henry. I think they're really going to have to start really running the offense through him. They say they're running the offense through him, but obviously didn't show. I get why they didn't because in the most recent game they you know need to keep up by passing the ball, but that was not effective. I think running the football is sometimes just as effective as not as effective as passing. Uh, sometimes you've got to run the football. You, everyone has to run the football, even though it's passing league. So I do think Derrick Henry will start to get more opportunities, but it, it'll just be a little bit of a slow burn. You know, uh, they're not going to be an interesting football team to watch. Derrick Henry is limited in his ability. You know, he's not like he catches a lot of passes, but he does have the ability. He has caught passes in the past. I think if they start to maybe utilize that, try to, you know, do some screens, uh, maybe get him out in space just try some different things because I don't think that they're really getting it with their current crop of receivers. Maybe they need to, you know, look outside of that and uh, get some things moving. Cause I mean, this team is, is looking nothing like the team that, you know, we really thought they were going to be going to the season. I didn't think too much of them. I thought it was the Colts division to lose, but the Titans have been to uh, the playoffs, AFC championship games in recent years. So you would think that this team would not be uh, looking to fall off uh, so soon. I mean, without AJ and Julio, I mean, what, what's really going on in Tennessee from, you know, a passing from the passing side of the ball? But I mean, I, I, I may be uninformed about what's going on in Tennessee. I just know that they have good feel, they have the good food in Nashville, good food, good music, good bars in Nashville. So, 
That's all I really know about Nashville and, and, and the whole Tennessee area. That's so, so before I move on to our next team, I just want, want to ask you guys one more question about Derrick Henry. If you guys were Derrick Henry this past offseason, going into this season, watching your team trade away your best receiver, would you guys have asked for a trade too? Um, I probably would have asked for a trade. I believe with AJ Brown, it was a, it was a situation with the money that was going to get paid to him. And I think that the team was not willing to just pay that money out, you know? And I think that's, that's really what it kind of boiled down to from my, to my understanding. Yeah. I don't know. The game is the game. We understand this. This isn't the NBA. The game is the game. Yeah. The game is the game. <laughs> this is the NBA. I mean, this isn't the NBA. You can't just, you know, force your way on the other teams. Only on well, I'm at, but but would you have would you have approached the coach and asked for a trade at this point? Like, say, hey, I'm, I don't like the direction of the team. Can you get rid of me too? What's his contract? I'm not exactly not sure. Four, it was like a four year deal, I think. I was gonna say I know he signed an extension recently, like in the last year or two. Yeah, Tennessee's um, probably going to ask for the house, and a lot of teams are not going to be willing and, to ask for that. So, I mean, they're not going to be willing to part with the house for Derrick Henry. Yeah. Back some and, shelf life. Even though Derrick Henry is a beast. And, and I only say that because running back shelf lives in, in the league, as we know, aren't that long, and he could get seriously hurt at any given moment. And I know Derrick That's Henry true. wants a ring. I know he wants to be on a contender. So I feel bad. Personally, I feel bad for the guy. Um, and I wish him well. I wish him the best all season. I mean, hopefully they get him the pieces and next year he's able, he's healthy and he's able to go the distance and get to the playoffs next year. Uh, but with all that being said, I'm hitting the panic button on the Titans. Yeah, I definitely think they are in panic mode uh, for sure. I think the Colts would probably be more so of a panic mode. The Titans didn't really spend a lot of money in the offseason in order to acquire pieces to, you know, particularly do well. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that they um, – you know, uh, are in major panic mode because I don't think they had plans to really even do good. I think the Colts might um, want to be in that mode a little bit more. Uh, that's just my opinion. So, so now moving moving on to another zero and two team. How do we feel about the Atlanta Falcons? They are, they are officially zero and two. They barely lost the first game, and they barely lost against the Rams. Uh, are they are they trying to contend? Are they tanking? Are they serious? Are they not serious? Where are they on the spectrum to you guys? Well, it looks like this Atlanta Falcons team, you know, they're led by a different quarterback, Marcus Mariota. I think that they are – they're in a weird space because I don't think they expect to win a lot of games. I don't think Mariota is their future. He's not long-term, but he is a piece in the meantime. I think they drafted a quarterback. I could be incorrect, but – I don't think he's in any place to uh, start any games anytime soon. So I do think that Atlanta is probably taking this as a opportunity to, you know, we got to stay competitive. We got to compete, maybe not win all the games, but, you know, win some games. And afterwards they just uh, are looking forward to the draft, looking forward to rebuilding. I mean, they got rid of Matt Ryan um, with, with, you know, pretty easily, pretty quickly. It wasn't even a big event, but, you know, he's one of their best quarterbacks of all time. Um, He just is, he has the numbers. And uh, they got rid of him pretty pretty easily. So um, I definitely think Atlanta's in rebuild mode, but they're staying competitive for sure. I think um, depending how they do this year, they'll probably get a quarterback. Um, this year's crop of quarterbacks is supposed to be pretty good. Uh, so we'll see what happens. 
We'll look out for them to be a pretty bottom of the barrel team. So how about the Panthers? I mean, the Panthers, what, Baker, these, these 0 are, two. These are these are teams that I mean, I know that I picked Baker Mayfield to be a playmaker of the week, week one. Obviously, you know, I thought it was very exciting. But I mean, these and these these are, these are, are teams that don't really have much to give. I mean, yeah, there there's there's fantasy football potential with guys like what DJ Moore, Kyle Pitts, um, it's another receiver out there in um, Carolina. I can't think off the top of my head. And then you have McCaffrey. But I mean, Carolina, Carolina's not really bringing much to the table. <clears throat> I mean, what six and ten? Yeah, then seven, seven. I'm sorry, six and eleven, seven and ten team. You know what I mean? There's, there's not really much going on in Carolina. I mean, they're they're probably in a rebuild stage as well. I mean, Baker Mayfield is a good place placeholder for the next quarterback of the future for that team. Um, but I don't I don't really see too much coming out of Carolina. Same thing with Atlanta, as as Trevor's saying. I mean, they're probably they're going to try to be competitive over the next couple of weeks. But I mean, in tanking fashion. So, this is a Carolina team, and these two games they've lost. Total combined points was five. That's one hand. Five combined points they lost by. I understand that. This, te- this team could easily be two and zero. Oh. Could be, but it just, it just, I just, I just don't feel it. I just don't feel it from that team. I just don't. You know, there's, there's potential. But I, don't, I just don't think it's enough. You know what I mean? I, you, I think I think the wheels start to fall off as the season progresses. You know what I mean? When when teams really start to get into proper form and start to really put it on, like the teams that are supposed to win games over time, that you're going to see what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like those teams start to get in the midseason form. As we say about the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bills right now are in midseason form. The teams that are in that that are going to reach midseason form, the teams that are really supposed to win games, you're going to come across that, and you're going to have teams that we're kind of hanging around certain games, kind of like Carolina Panthers or Atlanta Falcons. They're just going to be outplayed. You know, they're just, they're just going to get beat up and get bullied. <clears throat> so they, I, I don't really expect much out of those teams out of the NFC South. So did Carolina make a horrible decision when they traded for Baker Mayfield? I think they tried to find a replacement. And I don't think it's a horrible decision, but I think they tried to find a replacement. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty much all that they could do at that point. That's all they were Last qu- Last question. Will Baker be the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers next season? He will not be. Probably not. If if they can find somebody in the draft, if they can't find anybody in the draft, then maybe he'll be there for half a season. But yeah, I I agree with Trevor. I don't, I don't, I don't see Baker lasting another full season. Look, the first coach to get fired this season might be Matt Rule, the coach of the Panthers. Might be Matt Rule. It might come if they lose this weekend. He might get fired. Now, I saved this team. I saved this two zero two team to talk about last. The Bengals. And I did that for a lot of reasons. Yes, I did that for a lot of reasons because personally, I can't believe it, and personally, I know nobody at home can believe this. How in the hell is Joey Burr zero two? Coming off a Super Bowl loss of last season. Like, the guy went through the playoffs. He won. Amazing. Went to the Super Bowl. Played a great game. He lost. I get it. We're now in a new year. Oh, and yeah. two? 
I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals offensive line is just not blocking for Joe Burrow. And is it time to hit the panic button in Cincinnati? No, absolutely not. They just, their offense, they need to figure out their offensive line woes. Joe Burrow is still, Joe Burrow, that wide receiving core is still elite. Joe Burrow is still elite quarterback. But what is, he just doesn't have the time to throw the football. Am I? Yeah, I got to agree with that. I don't think he has, has the same time. I agree. And I mean, th- them, them bringing Lyle Collins on board. I mean, we know about Lyle Collins holding penalties left and right. You know, your quarterback's going to get hit when the <clears throat> Michael Parsons do what was going on. Ate Lyle Collins alive last week. So, you know what I mean? I, I don't I don't think you panic on Cincinnati. I just think that Cincinnati doesn't have the offensive line to give Joe Burrow the time to throw the football. If they can figure out their offensive line woes, Cincinnati's going to be back and banging on teams like they used like they were last so, year. So there it is. Cincinnati. Offensive line. We're talking to the entire offensive line here. Get it the fuck together because Joey Burr needs to get it done. I want to see him shine. That's my guy. But he's looking like not the guy. Joe Burrow is an essential quarterback in the NFL. I think that if the offensive line there, if they don't get it done this year, they're going to find a way to replace those pieces of what's going on to fix whatever errors are going on. Because Cincinnati's a good football team. They are. Joe Mixon. For them to be on this list is crazy. Boyd, T. Higgins, they have a very solid offense. Solid. Defense is is nothing to to scoff at either. You know what I mean? They just need an offensive line to give Joey Burrow some time to deliver the football. The Cowboys ate ate that offensive line up all Sunday long. Joey Burrow was look. He looked panicked. He looked panicked. It got to a point where he was he was just nervous. He's like, "Look, hey, I need help. I need you to bring a. I need you to bring a running back on. If we were in shotgun, I need you to bring a running back back here with me to protect me from to protect me from the pass rush." He just looked flustered. You know what I mean? That's not Joey Burrow last year. It's a new year. He just they they need to figure out their offensive line blows. I don't think you panic in Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati just needs to figure out their offensive line. That's it. That's my that's my opinion. They shouldn't have forgot the offense line. Figure it out, Cincy. Figure it out. Now, there's two teams around the league got an interesting little record. Oh, one and one. What the one? Why? The Texans and the Colts? What are y'all doing? Y'all got a nine percent chance. Wake up. Texans, what's going on? Where are you? Davis. Davis Mills, you're supposed to be putting on. Is he is Houston already done? Are they done? Are they should we just chalk it up again? Another season for them? Well, I don't think Houston was a contender. I don't think anybody would have wrote them as a contender. So you got to think about it like that. There's certain teams that go into the season where they know they're contenders, or you know, they've been told they're contenders, or they've made certain key moves in the offseason, or I've seen improvement from personnel where you know, they're going to take that next step. I don't think Houston identifies as one of those teams. So for them to be in the situation they're in right now is not surprising, really. It's one of those teams where, you know, you're in a weak division, but, you know, anything can happen. I think if there's an opportunity to make the playoffs or to do some damage, I think Houston would try to take that. Maybe they make a trade for, you know, somebody that could really boost their team up. But I'm not too surprised with Houston. I mean, they tied the first game. And the matchup that everyone thought they would get blown out in. And then they uh, managed to 
hang with the Denver Broncos. So that I don't think they're a bad football team. I think the Denver Broncos have their own issues. I mean, the coach is not it. Uh, he clearly some 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 things going on in Denver. So you know, uh, Houston was able to stay into that game, and you know, um, you know, Denver won, but you know, it was it was close. It shouldn't have been that close for the caliber team we expect Denver to be. So. But those are expectations, and, you know, we're looking at reality on paper. We don't know what that locker room is like. We don't know, you know, too much about anything. But I think Houston is just a team that will cover more spreads than what we think because people have already wrote them off um, as being a team that doesn't compete. But, you know, they still get paid. So, you know, they, they got to go out there and get hit and deal with guys. So, I mean, Houston will compete until they decide not to, until they are in, in tank mode. So, <laughs> yeah. So can I ask why why is this whole Davis Mills conversation a thing? Because I from the very beginning of the season I kept hearing conversation about this Davis Mills guys. I'm just not checking reasons. I mean, again, I might not be I'm not checking reasons, so I don't necessarily know, but I gotta I gotta hear more about this Davis Mills guy. Why is he supposed to be the guy? So personally, I'm gonna save this conversation for when we dive deep into a Houston game. That's fine. And that's all I'm going to say on that. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. What I will tell you is, or what I will ask you is, is it time to hit the panic button in Indianapolis? It's definitely time to hit the panic button. For sure. It is time. It is definitely time. They got – thought this would be the team to win that division. Yeah, they're supposed it's time. They have what could – what should be the best running back in, in football. They got a veteran quarterback. And Matt Ryan, they got a good, a great receiver in Michael Pittman. And then th- this is a guy that, that I know nobody's going to talk about, but they got, a, they got a, a backup quarterback, Nick Foles, who has all the experience and gets things done, but this team can't seem to get it done. No, they can't. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they play against the Chiefs. I mean, they uh, it's a home game, I believe, so they will, you know, probably try out everything they can in order to win or to keep this game competitive, but it's not looking very good at all. No, it's not. Yeah, no, Indianapolis is definitely in a very strange place. Um, I know Matt Ryan is a veteran, but he does not look like he needs to be on the field. Nick Foles probably isn't going to be any better, um, even though he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And I do it should be that Super Bowl win to Nick Foles. <clears throat> Fuck what anybody says about um, Carson Wentz and that season that he had. If, if there's no Nick Foles, they don't get that far. However, yeah, Indianapolis is in trouble for what, from, from what I can see it looks like. I don't think the AFC South is going to really be a barn burner of a division. But if they don't tighten it up soon, they're just going to be out of reach. However, it's looking, it's looking pretty sloppy down there. You're my running back and my fantasy, so please, please tighten up. And Michael Pittman, please come back because I need you on my other league. Thank you. I mean, last I mean, last time we shouted out the AFC South, and we we all gave a little input of who we thought was going to win. Obviously, we were all wrong. The Jags destroyed the Colts this week. That was crazy. 24 to 0. Who saw that coming? No. Do you even think 
Do you, how many Jags fans do you think put them on a money line ticket this week? <laughs> Only yeah, the diehard ones did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just crazy. They're lead. They're leading the division. That's insane to me. But you know, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll get into this conversation next week. We'll see who's still on top. We'll see who made it to three and zero. We'll see who who couldn't even make it to a win. And we'll see if the Texans and Colts can even find a win. That'll be that'll be an interesting topic too. Sure. Let's get into some news around the NFL. Here's here's something that caught my eye earlier today. Brady actually practiced on a Wednesday when he's supposed to have the day off. Divorce. Is are the we had this conversation? Do the kids matter? Uh, I think I think what's more important is just uh, beating the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers right now. That's what I think. <laughs> That's all that he cares about, right? He don't exactly. care about them kids. Well, you never know. <laughs> he don't care. But, nah, we, we we know he don't care about them kids. But it's okay. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. How about this one? Joe Burrow took and decided to delete his Twitter and his Instagram after this 0-2 start. Is, is, he, is he locking in? Is he getting the win this week? Is it time? Well, I mean, I think that Twitter and Instagram take up a lot of young people. Um, I'm saying young people, like we're not all young people, take our times uh, just mindlessly scrolling. If it impacted Joe Burrow in any type of way in his preparation for games or – you know, he's seen distractions or, you know, different things like that, then, yeah, I think it's an excellent idea. You know, less distractions, uh, more performance. But do I think this is something that is newsworthy? Probably not. I mean, it's just something on your phone. I mean, you could have a bigger distraction that's not on your phone, you know, (laughs) in your life. And, you know, we would never know about it. But, you know, uh, a lot of people cite those things to be, uh, you know, distractions nowadays. So I do think that, you know, if he's doing that, then I think that's great. That's green time, man. It's crazy. It's crazy, crazy. How how do we feel about Lamar? He was he was limited in practice. Looks like due to a right elbow injury. Now they go into they go into uh, Foxborough this week. They got to play the Patriots and Belichick. You think he'll be all right there? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really see New Orleans. I mean, not New Orleans. I'm sorry, New Orleans posing much of a threat. I mean, he put up, like, what, 40-some points, and if he can't throw the ball, he'll just run. He'll be fine. Yeah. I think New England, if they run into a, a situation where Lamar's sitting there running for close to 100 yards, the game is already out of reach. They're definitely not going to win. Definitely not. Yeah. it's they Baltimore should wrap that game up quickly if they know it's really good. Should. Because you can't, let, you can't let Bill Belichick linger around either. Because if he does linger around long enough, he will find a way to win. So Baltimore should just put them in the dirt quickly. Fair enough. And sure. I, I just got I just got one more. I just want to take a brief moment of silence for Trey Lance real quick. He officially got moved to IR today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Trey Lance, we wish you a speedy recovery until next season. Jimmy G, we'll see what you're about. Can you keep this job this time? Let's that's find what, out. That's all. The, that's all the San Francisco wants. They they won Jimmy G around. That's all it is. Let's, we'll find out. We shall see. 
Very interesting. Well, guys, week three, we are here. It's Thursday, Thursday night football, Steelers, Browns. We love the Steelers. Take the points. Take the money line. Take the under. That's what we like. All right. Triple uh, Triple Babble Podcast is signing off. You're...